Welcome back to our Total Sense Bite Size episodes. I'm Tom Hensky, and I'm here to help parents teach their kids about money. Welcome back, everybody. Guess who I have here today? I have Phil Abraham, who is a teacher now. We're keeping this podcast under wraps because if mm. my daughter found out that I was interviewing a teacher, there would be heck oh, to pay. I'm so sorry. I told her that you and me were bonding hard today oh, after boy. school. Oh, boy. We got a problem. She like, is so jealous of our friendship. She, I just got to say. She, she's either <laughs> jealous or grossed out by me. She's like, she was so embarrassed the time when I met you and I came back. She's like, Dad, you didn't embarrass me, did you? And I said, of course I did. No, I, uh, I, I told her that you know we were going to be talking about some of the things that I'm doing uh, you know, at school and some of the things that I talked to the kids about. And I told her how excited I was because you know, I think you know, when we first met, we kind of had a, a lot of similar ideologies about uh, financial education for children, you know, and for kids and what's important. And, you know, uh, I, I take a lot of things from your book, actually, and uh, I use them when I'm thinking about lesson plans or how I want to do things. So I, I was really excited. I told, I told her about it. And uh, <laughs> I think she was a little like, oh my God, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that sounds like her. She's my student. My son would come home and didn't like any class ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she tends to come home and enjoy things. But when she talked to me in the car about something called Financial Fridays, yeah. that got my attention. So why don't you tell everyone Financial Fridays Fridays, what's that? We have uh, a, a program where, you know, I'm teaching statistics down there. I'm teaching algebra two. We teach anatomy. We teach forensics. Every now and then I do something called the financial Friday where I try to take some important concept uh, in finance and give them a, you know, kind of sneak peek trailer of what it's like. And so one of the first things that we did was a budgeting activity where, you know, I gave uh, the students uh, in pathways, they each got, you know, I think it was 20 pennies and there was 10 different categories and you know the categories were like groceries entertainment technology personal care and uh health health care uh you know all, all these different types of categories that i i tried to give them tiers or levels so you know tier three would be you get the best technology that iphone 16 comes out you already got it you know, uh, what we used to call the Mac Daddy technology. The, the Mac Daddy right. of technology. If you said Mac Daddy today, your kids would have no idea. <laughs> they have what the no heck idea what we were about. talking about. I give them tiers, and then they have to budget. You know, they can put you know three pennies here, two pennies here. You know, and then I took it to the next level and I said, okay, well, there's this thing called taxes. And so boo, you know, boo, boo. We hate taxes. I'm just kidding. I love them because it pays my salary, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had them, uh, give me eight pennies. So I had them give about 40%, which is way more than they'll, they'll ever give if, if, unless they're hitting, you know, like $500,000 a year in salary. Some of them will. I had them redo it again and they had to realize, oh, I have to make some real decisions here. Like I have to, I have to really think about like, okay, Maybe I can get by with like an iPhone 12 for a few more years because I really want to make sure that I have a gym membership. You know, uh, I can I can have a roommate for a couple of years so that way I can make sure that I have really good internet and uh, I have really good technology. So it, you know that was the first thing that we did. the The whole goal of Financial Fridays is to get kids open to talking about money because a lot of kids, myself included, you know, when I was in high school. I didn't really take finances seriously. Or when I had questions, there wasn't really 
a time or a place for me to talk about it. Yes, we have a personal finance class at the school, which I think is one of the best classes that we can have. And they really dive deep into the concepts of like credit card debt, borrowing money, you know, what is a mortgage? And they really get into the math behind it. But the reason why I'm doing Financial Fridays is because I'm not teaching personal finance, but I want to teach the students about finance. Yeah, and I just want to point something out. That's what caught my ear, that she's not taking personal finance right now, Mm -hmm. and you took it upon yourself to say, this is important, we're going to put this in the classroom. Exactly. Uh, And even if it's one day a month, even if it's one Mm -hmm. day a month, it's better than nothing. And I think what I, one of my hopes for the podcast for this episode is that teachers start to understand, wow, I don't have to have a state mandate or have a class that's called personal finance to still weave in some personal finance information throughout the curriculum. Exactly. And, you know, there's so many opportunities for teachers to bring concepts of money into the classroom. And so, you know, whether you're teaching economics, whether you're teaching pre-calculus, whether you're teaching even a history class, you can talk about finances in a way that just gets kids comfortable talking about it. You know, we, I kind of have this thing I don't like about America where people are very sensitive to talking about their salaries or very sensitive to talking about how much money they make or very sensitive to talking about, you know, payments or bills. And it's very important that students feel comfortable talking about money because it is something that they will inevitably be dealing with at some point in their life. So I need to fact check my daughter with one thing. She came home and said, you took your actual pay stub Yes. And put it on the screen and went over it. Is that true? That is true. So I, I opened up my Gmail on the screen. I froze the screen because I didn't want them to see where I live. But uh, I, I I pulled up a PDF of my pay stub. I scrolled down so that they couldn't see my address. And I put it up on the screen. I said, this is what my pay stub looks like. This is how much money I uh, I gross. And I didn't say that, actually. I said, this is how much money, this is what I really said to them, because I don't want to talk to them about gross versus net yet. But I, I said, this is how much money I say I get, and this is how much money I actually get. So I went through with them. I said, you know, my, my salary is about $70,000 a year. It's public knowledge. You can look it up, right? I'm, I'm just a teacher in Westport. So I, I put it up on the board, and I said, I get 21 paychecks. So, you know, we do seven, it's 72 now, right? Uh, $72,000 divided by my 21 paychecks. And this is how much money I'm getting. But notice that this is, this is my people's bank account, M&T now. And, and that $3,600 isn't going into my bank account. And they said, whoa, that's messed up. And I said, <laughs> well, kind of, but there's certain things that happen. And, and that's the reason why I'm not getting all this money. And then we started talking about taxes. And then we said, so there's two types of taxes, right? We have state tax. And then we have federal tax. And they're like, whoa, that's a lot of money. And I said, yeah. And guess what? I probably have to pay more because this is just estimating how much money I'll owe on April 15th. And then they said, whoa, can we do our taxes? And so I said, yeah. And so now we're going to actually, I'm going to plan a, a tax lesson for them. We're actually going to fill out 1040s. Uh, that's going to be like way, way later in the year though. <laughs> you know, I showed them this is, this money that comes out goes into something called my Putnam retirement account. I have a 403B. And they said, well, what's that? And I said, well, it's a retirement fund. And they said, why are you saving up for retirement? And I said, because the more I save now, the more I'll have later. And then we started talking about compound interest. Uh, and, and then, you know, I talked to them about the different types of retirement funds that I have. And, and then they were like, oh, so how much money are you going to have? And I said, well, I don't know. It depends on the market. You know, this, this is like, I didn't talk to them about like a Monte Carlo simulation or anything like that. <laughs> uh, we're not going to get too advanced, but I was like, this is what happens, you know, after 30 years, this, 
I, I hope that this $150 that I'm putting in every single month into this one account is going to be growing by a certain percentage every year. And so that inspired me to do you know, a lesson in my actual statistics class where we looked at exponential growth and compound interest. So I did, in fact, show them my, my salary. I did show them my pay stub. And... Uh, that is true. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because Travis and I have been doing this podcast for a while, and he's heard me on more than one occasion mm. complain about, it's not good enough to just learn it in the classroom. That's just a laboratory. They need real-life experience. Yeah. Having said that, you just brought the real-life experience into the laboratory, yeah, which is amazing. They, yeah. need, they need to see it. You know, and I, I'll have you know, kids talk to me because a lot of them, they're at the age now, I'm, I'm teaching 16, 17, 18 year olds where they're starting to work for the first time. And you know, they have their, their, their hourly wage of you know, $15 an hour. And they're saying, I work 10 hours. How come I'm not getting $150 on this paycheck? And so it, it opens up very important conversations that you know, I want students to be comfortable talking to me about or to other teachers or to other adults because you know for me I was very you know fortunate to have parents that were very supportive of me and they they helped me a lot financially and they helped me make good financial decisions but you know now I'm kind of on my own and I have to make these financial decisions that are appropriate and I, I'm a little bit conservative with my finances so you know I want students to be well informed with the financial decisions that they're making, especially since a lot of them want to go to college. And that is a very, very impactful financial decision that they're going to be making. Now, I know your answer is going to be, you get all of your information from my book, but in the, in the event that you just were stumbling upon yeah. something on the internet, where are you getting not just the ideas, but is there a curriculum that teachers can go to to get? Where, where is it at? Yeah. So uh, I do use your book. Uh, I'm not going to pretend that I don't. I thought I think it's really, really accessible, which is why I like it. Um, and it's not just like a plug for you or anything like that. It is no, it no, is, plug away, is, keep plugging. <laughs> it is, it is actually really, really good, especially for uh, giving you scenarios of things that you can do with kids, which is something that I did as well. I did the piggy bank, right? So I do the save or the spend, um, which is which is really cool. And we're actually saving up for something, which is really nice. But there is a website called NGPF. It's Next Gen Personal Finance. And so they have curriculum on everything. And this is where I get my activities that I do. You know, another uh, Financial Friday activity that we did was we did something called Spent. And they have to simulate what it's like to live on low income for 30 days. They give them options of like, hey, you just got let go from your job and you want to look for another one. You know, what was your GPA? Did you get a degree? These are the options that are available. Which one do you want? And so when I did it, I picked up like, all right, I'll be a third shift Amazon worker. It wasn't Amazon, but it was like warehouse worker. We all know it was Amazon. And, you know, then they say, okay, after a week, you know, this is what happens. Someone approaches you about, you know, joining a union. What do you do? Do you talk to them or do you walk away? And I remember when I did it for the first time, I said, oh, I'll talk to them. And they said, oh, someone saw you talk about starting a union. You've let, been let go from your job, you know? And, and so kids had to do this and they had to survive 30 days. And so it was a really, really eye-opening activity that the kids saw and they said, whoa, this is hard. And I said, yes, and it's just a simulation. Uh, and I got that activity from NGPF. So it is an amazing website. I didn't find it myself. It was actually another teacher, uh, Sarah White, that that sent it to me. And she really has mentored me uh, throughout this process because she's been teaching the personal finance class for so many years at Staples. And she is one of the best teachers that I've, that I've ever known. She was at my actual mentor when I first started. And she's been helping me a lot through this, 
giving me ideas, teaching me some concepts like, hey, here's how you can bring this up with the kids. These are some good activities to do with them. These these activities are a little bit more meaty and they might take some more time. So maybe stick with these ones. So NGPF, awesome resource, awesome website. They have a lot of fun stuff. You know, if if a teacher wants to do you know a, a type of math activity or whatever, I, I highly recommend playing around with their arcade that they have. Yeah, I'm starting to see a common denominator here because ngpf.org yeah. uh, was started by a UVA alum, University of Virginia. Oh. Sarah White is mm-hmm. a University of Virginia alum. Yeah, I'm a University of Virginia alum. Do you see the common I pattern do. here? I see. Maybe I should have gone to UVA. Yeah. Huh? Well, you know, we, we can make you an honorary. We'll <laughs> yeah. make you an honorary. No yeah. problem at all. So tell me, what's this unit you have going on right now with randomly selected houses? Oh, okay. So uh, in my statistics class, I'm teaching about scatter plots and, um, you know, just just the association between bivariate data. So I, I still teach a statistics curriculum. I still go over things like probability. I still go over things like the normal distribution, analyzing data sets, but I want to tie in real real data into it. So we're doing a project right now where the students are uh, gathering information. There's a website where you can randomly generate addresses. And so I gave them all a different state and they're pulling up the um, houses on like Realtor or Zillow or Redfin, and they are looking at the cost of the house. They are looking at you know the house size, what's the lot size, how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms, and they're looking at the association between the two. So they're looking at real data. Now, this is mostly a stat thing. However, it sparks so many conversations about money because kids really have no idea how much a house costs. Wait, you yeah. gave my daughter the <laughs> tool to figure out how much my house is? I'm sorry. You, oh, you are terrible. I'm going to raise a complaint to the principal tomorrow oh, morning. please forgive me. <laughs> um, uh, so the, the, the kids really love it. Right, because they're actually looking at real houses. I do another thing with them. It's 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 another website like Wordle. Um, it's called Listed.com, and basically it just it shows a picture of a house and it says, "Guess how much the house is." It tells you nothing about the house. It was just recently sold or recently closed on. You guess how much the house costs or how much it's sold for, and then if you're right. It'll say cha-ching, and if, if you're wrong, it'll give you some information. So it'll tell you, okay, what city is it in? Uh, what's the square footage? Uh, how many bedrooms are there? How many bathrooms are there? Uh, and, and eventually, you you keep guessing until you get it. And, and so I'm trying to teach you know the kids that there are so many variables involved with the value or the cost of things. You know, location is a big one. Hopefully if all goes well in this project, because I have no idea what's going to happen. Everything's randomized, right? I don't know what's what's going to happen. So it's going to spark a lot of good conversation, but they'll see that square footage is a very uh, impactful variable on, on, on the cost of a house that not necessarily how many bedrooms are in a house might be a factor, or maybe the age of the house might not be as big of a factor. So I want them to see these real associations. And today it was interesting because they actually started asking me questions about, well, how are you supposed to pay for a house that costs $600,000? And then, so I talked about how I bought a house and then I talked to them about the process of borrowing money and then getting a mortgage and applying for one. And then they said, well, how did you get a good interest rate? And I said, well, I have a good credit score. And they said, well, what's a credit score? And so it's almost like this snowball and all it takes is just one little nudge to just spark the curiosity in these kids. And I think that's really, really important that teachers feel comfortable talking to students about money and most importantly, telling them that they don't necessarily have the answers to everything. I don't know everything. There are so many times where I'm like, I don't know the answer, guys. Let's look it up right now. And I'll open up a new tab. I'll 
search it in Google and I'll say, okay, does this look like a reputable answer, a reputable website, a reputable source? Because I don't know the answer to everything. So uh, that's that's what we're doing in stats right now. It's a, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Um, we'll see how they feel about it when they actually have to start like doing their write-ups about uh, all of the associations that they're seeing and dive deep into the numbers. I think they'll like it because it's really uh, applicable, but it's a, it's a good time. Well, I can tell you the parents that are listening to this, they're thinking to themselves right now, how about you do a unit on how much it costs to raise them oh, so they get yeah. a little appreciation for that? How about that? When is that coming up on you know the schedule? What? That, that is something that we can definitely do because it is a very, very real thing. Uh, I, I, I think a lot of kids... Uh, you know, I mentioned before, they don't really understand the value of money until you really put it in their hands, right? That's like the first thing that you mentioned in your book, right? Put money in the kids' hands, let them see it, which is why I'm doing the piggy bank. I'm not actually giving them money, <laughs> um, but I'm I'm giving them like the idea of money and how they use it because they need to value it. You know, they need to understand like, hey, it's expensive, you know, doing the things that I want to do. And, uh, you know, college is something that's on the forefront of a lot of their minds right now. And that's a very, very uh, financially impactful uh, decision that they're going to be making in the next couple of years. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how effective my lesson will be of, about trying to get kids to appreciate their parents more. <laughs> uh, because why am I, I thinking think, that's not going to be a, a, a highly uh, enjoyed class? I, I, yeah. I don't. I don't think they're going to like it if I tell them you have to go home and tell your parents how much you appreciate them. Uh, I hopefully a lot of them realize it already, and I think some of them are starting to. Um, you know, I, I didn't really, I mean, I'm just speaking out of my own personal opinion. I didn't really appreciate how much my parents sacrificed for me until I was on my own. You know, uh -huh. that's something that, you know, I look back on and I say, you know, my dad got up every single day and drove to Hartford to go work. And then he came home every single day just to put a roof over my head. My mom was, you know, clipping out coupons and buying things on sale to make sure that me, my twin brother and my sister can get an education. You know, I didn't realize that until I started making my own financial decisions. So awesome. Phil Abraham. The yeah. reason I had you on today was you're doing something special. It's a great message and you're a great role model for all the other teachers out there. You don't need to have the label of personal finance on your class name Correct. in order to just sprinkle it in there. Just listen to some of the things he's talking about. There are plenty of resources out there. We'll put them in the show notes too. But Phil, thank you. Thank you not only for teaching my daughter, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but thank you for all that you do for the school, the community, and hopefully, like I said, you wind up being a role model for all thank the other you. teachers out there. No, this was a lot of fun. And, and I'm just happy to share and help any way that I can. I hope you enjoyed our episode of Total Sense. A special thank you goes out to Verso Studios at the Westport Library. Tune in for our next Money Chat.